Hello and welcome to another episode of At Any Rate. I'm your host, Natasha Kanova, Head of Commodities Research at JP Morgan. And today we want to talk about US natural gas. I'm joined today by Shika Chiturveri, who heads our JP Morgan Global Natural Gas Research. Shika, welcome. Thank you. Uh, Shika, with all the noise that is coming from the Russia-Ukraine war, war on energy prices and all the attention to the European uh, TTF natural gas prices, one of the energy markets that has been steadily increasing in prices, the U.S. natural gas market. Uh, so if you look at the prices in late February, the front month's futures contract was trading at about $4.50 per MBTU. And this past Monday, we saw it reaching an intraday high of over $8 per MBTU. Um, in your opinion, why has there been an acceleration in the price over the, the, the past months and a half? Yeah, great. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I think it's one of the markets that has gone kind of quietly um, upwards in price relative to what we've seen um, going on in the European gas market and in the oil markets right now. Um, and essentially, it comes down to the fact that the U.S. natural gas market um, just has a trajectory right now for storage that looks incredibly low as we enter the next winter season. So traditionally, the uh, injection period for the US natural gas market is from April through the end of October. And right now we're pointing at 3.4 TCF in the ground. And just to put some context around what that 3.4 TCF means, um, last year we exited the injection season with 3.6 TCF in the ground. And that's when we were pricing close to above $6 per MMBTU. Um, and so essentially, the 3.4, what it means and, and how tight we are right now, it, the market is very uncomfortable about going into the next winter season um, with such little amount in storage. And so ultimately the need for higher prices is to either destroy demand and or even at the same time increase supply in order to sort of rectify this situation at this point in time. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Shika. Shika, we are in the middle of the earnings season at the moment. And of course, everybody's paying attention to what is happening uh, with, with the guidance from the U.S. producers, both oil and gas. Considering where the prices are currently, uh, do you see or are we seeing any changes in the U.S. natural gas supply and demand balance, especially supply? Yes, that's what we're, we're watching very closely to alleviate these concerns in the market that, uh, that we just don't have enough. Yeah, so interestingly enough, right, we've spent about um, a month and a half now at $1.50 per MMBTU higher uh, than where we were. So April's kind of averaged $1.50 per MMBTU higher than where we were in March. And yet we haven't seen a response really significantly from a supply perspective or demand perspective. And so we're kind of living in this world, interestingly enough, where in the U.S. gas market, I'm not necessarily sure there's a difference between pricing at $5 per MMBTU mm -hmm. or even $10 per MMBTU. So if we break it down on the supply side for a second, uh, you know, it, clearly at these price levels, there is a huge return to be made um, in some of the key basins in the Northeast, the Permian, the Haynesville, and even at these price levels, non-traditional plays or place that we haven't really heard about in quite some time, like the Fayetteville and the Barnett, it's very lucrative if you can produce there. The problem is I think that we have some supply chain issues that are out there uh, where we've exceeded ourselves from a labor perspective, um, from a materials perspective. So for example, 
frack capacity is extremely tight right now. So even if you wanted to get a rig into the right place to drill to make money off of the current price environment, you really couldn't get the work crews in um, in time in order to at least alleviate the problem that's occurring right now for the summer and entering into the next winter. So you can get maybe an extra 200, 300 million cubic mm -hmm. feet a day here or there, but I don't think you're gonna get what you really need to solve this problem, which is close to like one and a half BCF a day, you know? On the demand mm -hmm. side, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting story that's playing out. One of the things that we've said, um, you know, is that the, the natural gas market in, in the US has these beautiful levers that are out there through price, where if you send prices higher, you can find ways to destroy demand. And historically, that's been done a lot through coal to gas switching or gas to coal switching from a power generation perspective. What we're finding out now, though, is that the U.S. coal market is looking as if it is tighter than the U.S. natural gas market. And so when that occurs, and there's two pieces of evidence that we actually, you know, we don't get to see a lot. The coal market's very black box relative to the natural gas market. But there's two pieces of evidence that I think are super important to point out. One is the days of forward coverage uh, or cover that you have from storage out there that kind of explains how tight we are from a storage perspective are extremely low. So we've heard some instances where typically at this time of year, some utilities would be holding somewhere between 30 to 35 days of forward cover uh, for the demand that they're expecting to come online. But right now their stockpiles are indicating it's closer to 20 days. So it's extremely tight from that perspective. The second thing that's indicating to us that the coal market is tighter than the natural gas market is the fact that when renewables do show up and they have been showing up in full force, um, they are not replacing natural gas power burn. They're actually replacing coal fire power generation, which suggests to us that coal is more expensive in the power stack. It's higher in the power stack than natural gas is. And so it does one thing to help alleviate coal burns when renewables show up, mm -hmm. but it's doing nothing to help the natural gas power burns. So mm -hmm. we generally have to find prices to continue to climb higher because we're not getting the supply response that we want. We're not getting the traditional demand destruction that we want. And then the next level that we're supposed to look at is kind of in this range right now between, you know, six to seven to eight dollars from a BTU. And typically, historically, that's the industrial player that kind of comes in. And we've seen that in 2014, where industrial players came in and said, you know what, prices are too high, we're going to cut demand. And they're just not doing that right now. And they're not doing that because if you look at where they are from a feedstock perspective, what they're paying, which is right now seven dollars per MMBTU, relative to their international peers um, who are paying $30 per MMBTU, it, they're just at a strategic advantage and they're at a, an economic advantage at, at this point. And so I right. think, um, you know, it, it really suggests that you have to keep climbing higher. And the next switching point, the way to get demand destruction is above $10 per MMBTU. It's actually above $12 per MMBTU and it's gas to oil switching. And so mm -hmm. I think, that's the problem that the market is trying to grapple with. If you don't have levers to move your supply side and you don't have levers to really reduce your demand, um, you have to get to this level that we typically aren't used to getting to in, in, in the summer months. And that's to get to gas to coal switch oil switching. And that's above $12 per MBTU. So that's why I say we're kind of in a world where five to $10 
might not be enough to change things in the balance right now. Right, but the, the price range is very, very wide. Yes, it's five to ten dollars. It's you know the possibilities are a lot, and you're mentioning twelve and fifteen dollars. So in general, how should we think about that price? So if I ask you to you know to commit to one price level, where would you feel comfortable? Yeah, you know, comfortable is a, is a very <laughs> interesting word to use right now. I have to say this is one of the most uncomfortable positions I've been in as a natural gas analyst for so long, but um, I would say I'm actually on the lower side. So if I had to peg a price point um, right now, particularly when we look at the forward curve, which is, you know, summer 22 pricing is sitting comfortably above $7 per MMBTU. I actually see it lower um, than that. It's still quite higher than where we had it before, but I see it at around 615 per MMBTU. And um, the reason why is I think a couple of things. One, um, there's a lot of excitement that's going on in this market where uh, investors and um, market participants are looking at the coal market, which is incredibly difficult from a price transparency perspective to ascertain where the coal to gas switching or the gas to coal switching levels are right now. So I think they're looking at spot coal pricing. They're looking at what's going on in the global markets right now, uh, particularly with the European ban and uh, on uh, Russian coal and potentially Europe sourcing more coal from the U.S. and what that means for the pull and the demand for coal um, in the U.S. I think that the market is saying, oh, you know what, we have to go higher and higher and higher. And they're looking at these uh, global prices. And, and, and feeling fairly confident in that. But there's a couple of things fundamentally that are going on. One, we really haven't seen the response, the normal response that we are expecting to see from a supply side perspective. There's a lot of rigs that have moved into the Haynesville and soon we're going to see output from them. There are a lot of rigs that are in the Permian from an oil perspective, and we will see quite a bit of output that comes from there as well. And even in the Northeast, there's room for more production growth to come because there's uh, the ability to refill storage. So we think you know there's the potential for the Northeast to even rise somewhere between 500 to 600 million cubic feet a day from where they are right now. And so when that production response comes, I think it will allow the market to sigh you know, a bit of relief and say, okay, there's the production that we're, we've been missing. And the other thing that's going on on the power generation side is that we're in a very uh, strong nuclear maintenance season. So we have a lot of nuclear power plants that are down right now, but once we start to see that come back, it should help to alleviate the load that uh, US natural gas burn is taking on at this point in time. And so I think that's another point where the market can probably take a step back and say, you know, we should see kind of lower prices. So I think we'll see some of the premium that's in the market uh, become subdued. But it's important mm -hmm. to remember the minute this market tightens, if it's from a weather perspective, if in fact um, uh, you have uh, renewables that do not show up this year uh, to really help alleviate the load from thermal, um, at the end of the day, you are going to see prices shoot higher. And I think the market is showing you right now how quickly and uh, prices can move higher. And so I think you could shoot past $10 very easily this summer if things were to get even tighter. Um, on the flip side, if you don't have weather related demand and you do see um, more production than we had ever anticipated, even with these supply chain issues, which is possible, producers are very efficient 
direction in what they're doing right now. So they have always surprised to the upside generally over the past decade. Um, but I think that that's a chance for your price to fall below $5 per MMBTU. So it's a very wide range. It's very volatile. And I think it is, yes. We, we would say to our clients is just, you know, be very careful right now and nimble in this market if you're, you're decidedly going in and looking at the front to trade it at this point in time. Shikha, mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining me today. Um, thank you all to listening to the Commodities Edition and JP Morgan's At Any Rate podcast. We look forward to continue the conversation next week. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please refer to JP Morgan Research Reports related to its content for more information, including important disclosures. 2022, JP Morgan Chase & Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on April 22, 2022.